Welcome to another episode of Pat and John on their best behavior. I'm Pat. And I'm John. And I'm wicked smart. <laughs> I'm wicked smart. Um, and I just want to say to our listeners, because I was actually obsessing over the analytics of this podcast today. We are uh, an international podcast. This is yes. an international production. Um, and I just want to give a shout out quickly before we introduce our guest about to the countries that we have recorded listens in. I want to give a shout out to Germany, now Germany. Danke. I want to give a, a shout out to New Zealand, the homeland. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. Shouts out. Shout Never out Sophie been, and yep. Gracie. Yep, yep, yep. Have family there, never been invited. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Austria. Um, I, uh, I want to give a shout out to Canada too, home of Drake. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for giving us him. We assume that Drake is the one who listened. Yes, thank you, Drake. Or Abel, uh, or The Weeknd. I want to give a shout-out to Norway. And I want to give a shout-out to the UK. Actually, I don't, but I will give them a shout-out. And I want to <laughs> give a shout-out to China, our last country that, that we've recorded listens in. Um, I, I, like how I, guys... I like how I started out uh, saying thank you in the language and you just of didn't the country. Know. You, and you, you I, couldn't I, finish I, it. I bailed <laughs> right, right away on that one. You couldn't finish it. Um, yeah, thank you guys um, across the world. Uh, John doesn't have a passport, <laughs> and mine is expired. So we wish we could do a, a sort of welcoming tour. Um, yeah. But yeah, I also have a uh, paralyzing fear of flying unless I'm medically induced into a car. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Who do we have on the podcast today, Pat? John, you don't have to ask me. I knew the transition. <laughs> I had the transition in my head. It was just okay. a little too much of a delay. It was just a little. It 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 went beyond theatrical, and it just it was it was starting to toe into awkward. So I just I had to okay. run interference. Okay, on that. John. Well, today <laughs> we are in the presence of theater royalty mm. from my alma mater, my mm-hmm. high school alma mater. Go Bulldogs! Go Bulldogs! <laughs> The school that unfortunately did reject John's teaching yeah. application. Yeah. So fuck the Bulldogs, actually. So fuck the Bulldogs. And we, we can talk about the, the mascot, too. Uh, we won't. We won't. I, I don't want to do it. We've talked um, about it ad nauseum on this podcast. Um, she's an actor and a neuro... She has a degree in neuro... No? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Neuroscience. We talked about it. Neuroscience. She has a degree in neuroscience. Cognitive neuroscience, um, I believe. So sorry, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, <laughs> which has not worked on me, clearly. Um, I want to welcome to the podcast, Bea Ortiz. Hi, Bea. Welcome, Bea. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Was our mascot um, really bulldogs? No, it used to be the Indians, but right. they just changed it to Correct. the bulldogs. Correct. Okay. So, John, we can't have, um, you know, mascots like that anymore. So, right, right, right. Yeah. So. Which yes. I know Pat has a lot of feelings about. Yeah, I actually ripped up my diploma when that <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I actually submitted a, a mascot suggestion. And they didn't take it. What was for it? For good reason. It was bison, because I really like 
the animal bison. Because like Pat the, likes to pretend that he's from the, the West. <laughs> I right. like the West, and I like the Great Plains, and I like to right. eat bison. So I thought, yeah. you know, bison are not native to Pittsburgh. What better yeah. mascot for a school in Pittsburgh than a bison? The way Pat saw it, he's already tricked people into thinking that he's from the Midwest. So if he can get the bison going, then he can trick people into thinking that he's from the West. There you go. I mean, brilliant thinking. He's, he's manifesting. He's manifesting his identity <laughs> as a cowboy. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this off fair but this is the first time that uh Bea and, and pat have have seen each other since uh since high school yes yeah Bea, yeah what, what what sort of what sort of insight <laughs> can you give us and our listeners into uh as it pertains to your memories of pat in those idyllic days at shadyside academy well i do have to give a disclaimer so uh i was uh, a senior at shadyside academy but i only did my senior year there so I transferred oh. in. She did um, it right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the only reason that they allowed me to transfer my senior year, which I guess is like a like a rule that they, they don't allow that if you're from the same state, because of course they didn't want someone to go to school elsewhere and then be able to graduate with the name of Shadyside Academy. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But I was transferring from out of state, from California. So they uh. allowed me. And, then and the trustees third... said that you could only do it if you were friends with Pat Stanny, or right. at least talk to yeah. him once a week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, my, my, my three older brothers were actually lifers there um, from kindergarten to senior year. Um... John Lifer means... <laughs> oh, I, I know that world. Not because I went to one of those schools, but because I... Uh... <laughs> I educated those those little brats. Oh yes, no, I love okay. all I love all so my know. students, all former students. We love you. Please yes. rate and review the podcast. But um, I only say that as a disclaimer because since I was only there for my senior year, and and Pat was a year under me. It's not. I like was two I, years under you. Two years, there but you I go. know <laughs> I seemed a lot older for my age. You're so I mature, like very old and wise, and people from all grades came to me for sage wisdom and advice yeah and yeah. yeah just like you that's know. why they, that's why they tune into this podcast yeah exactly <laughs> um so i don't have really like that many memories that i can recall offhand just because i didn't really have a traditional I have a like experience you. oh wow what is it <laughs> is that weird that i just <laughs> no up like that, that was no. rude um I saw Bea in the fall play. Oh. She was Nurse Ratchet. And, oh, um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and and she was she was very good. She was transcendent back then. Wow, thank you so much. And remains like, to this day. Remains. It remains to this, to this day. day. <laughs> I was very much like it was. I saw her, and I was very much like, oh, I wish I like I wish I had the the guts to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought Surely. you were going to say I'm to not... talk to her. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like to do no. that. Well, that happened right before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, I suddenly punctured the guts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bea, do you remember your do you remember your first interaction with Pat or your first? Dude, I, uh, I honestly first think that him or talking with him. Well, I think that we actually our first interaction happened like after we left Shady Side. I think that's yeah. kind of when we like connected and we saw that you know we were both pursuing uh, the arts. And that's right. that's when we kind of created. So, John, our... the arts are. Um... <laughs> is podcasting not considering considered part of the arts? Am I not? It an is artist? definitely. After this podcast started, yes, it yeah, it it's it became like painting, the new painting, right, um, right. So, so really quickly, I know you mentioned to us beforehand, like that you you went to college to be a, a neuroscientist. 
um, and you learned sort of about the the labyrinthine. Yes, John, is that a word? Labyrinthine. Ooh, yeah. Fun- yeah, yeah. Functions of the brain. What made you? And well, I swear to God, we're going to get to the topic. Maybe. <laughs> what made you switch from pursuing that to pursuing acting professionally? So, because um, I love the I love the origin story of all yeah. actors. Yeah, Pat just loves origin stories yeah, in general. Any, and he saw he type. saw Cruella he, back to <laughs> back to back Friday, Saturday, Sunday this past week. I've seen weekend. Cruella seven times. <laughs> oh, I love. It. Is it good? I have not seen it. No, uh, yeah, oh. he seen it, and he won't. <laughs> I have not seen it. There, there. I don't think there is such a thing as a more unappealing movie. Uh, I'm curious. It's just not for me, and that's and that's not just because it passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, no, I know, I know. Now I know that you're joking. Um, <laughs> but no, I, so I actually moved to the United States when I was four from Chile with my mom. Uh, she's the youngest of 10 and the only one to ever leave the country. Um, so when I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I didn't know any English and neither did my mom. But since I was young, like four years old, I was able to learn it a lot like quicker Um, But in a way for me to kind of assimilate to a whole new world, um, my mom actually put me in like theater. So I was a student at like CLO. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah, CLO. Um, So I did that um, as like an extracurricular outside of school. And um, I was like in uh, my first grade play and so I was always very involved in acting as a way it started as a way to like make friends assimilate and learn English but it became a thing that I just loved doing um and uh I never really I don't think I ever really considered that I could make a career out of it I always just saw it as a thing I love to do this and growing up, I always just loved to be like, I guess, the, the clown and make people laugh and like put on little plays for my parents or, or family. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't until I was older that I really started to look at it differently. It was actually when I was in college. Um, so, yeah, I was studying cognitive neuroscience. I was The plan was to go to med school. And then in my junior year of college, I really started missing it. And I kind of just had this moment where I thought to myself, I don't want to wake up one day, like when later down the road of life at 40 years old and regret not trying. Sure. sure. Which, which connects to the movie that we're going to talk about today. Yes. (laughs) So um, it's a little, a little sneak preview for the, uh, for the little foreshadowing. Uh, Yes. So Pat, that means when you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. You're, you're, you're catching on. You're catching catching on. on. I'm catching on. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I just, I just decided to, to go for it after, after college. But to me, I don't really see like psychology and acting as as very different um especially like i think that my purpose in life uh is to be of service to others and Mm -hmm. i see both occupations as an act of service um so as a kid i know a lot of actors have you know in interviews they tell 
of that pivotal moment where they watched this one specific movie or this one actor and they knew from that moment on that they wanted to be an actor. Um, right. Hmm. For me, I was younger and I can't tell you what the movie was called or who was in it, but it was a Lifetime movie. And I remember watching it. With Hell my, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching it with my mom and just whatever the story was, it was something that I was going through as a child. And I just remember thinking, whoa, other people also go through this. I'm not the only right. one. I'm not alone. Right. And in that moment, I thought like, I want to do that for other people. I, I want to be able to hmm. make people feel like they're not alone. And so I think at that moment, I just knew that I wanted to be of service. And like, that was my life's calling. Um, but I think that everything that I've done in my life, whether it be, you know, psychology or acting or, or my other work is like, that's the essential essence of it is of service. Yeah. So, so I don't see them as like completely different things. Yeah. It's like granting vocabulary mm -hmm. and like language to people, like to make sense out of their experiences. Yeah. I love everything you say because actually John's poetry makes people feel alone. Yeah. Like it, it's, yeah. it's supposed That's the you're purpose supposed of it. to yeah. be alone and hate yourself mm -hmm. and, and feel like the walls are closing in. Yeah, exactly. So so and then, like but, then more... but then I let you I mean it's short though, so then you know, you just like experience that like true. misery right. for a minute, minute and a half, which is like, and if you know, less than a song, and then you just then you just go back to realizing the infinite possibility of life in spite of the thing that you just read. But also, isn't that isn't that illustrating that like we all feel that at some point that we all do feel alone? So that's true. Like, Pat doesn't all... <laughs> like to let on that he or admit to himself that he does. But yes, that is true. No, I yeah no I'm I'm very. I listen. I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. I live in a one beddy by myself. Mm -hmm. You go to therapy. I go to therapy. Okay, as everyone should. What? Yeah, no, everyone no. I'm saying yeah. this, is, this is all. Yeah, like this is this is this is all a sign that you you are aware of this and you come to terms with that. Yeah, I don't know. Was, is that a HIPAA violation? No, it's not a HIPAA violation. Oh, okay. He okay. listens to he listens to the show to oh, keep track out, of me. Shout out! I won't say, but shout out name of to keep track of me. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. right. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 actually like before our sessions he like has a chart with yeah. like time stamps and yeah he's all like, the violations he said you said this because you're uncomfortable with the concept of masculinity and yeah. he said this you and you know what i mean so yeah holding you accountable okay. holding me accountable yes. um speaking of therapy yes yeah, speaking huh. of so <laughs> when i asked Bea what she wanted to talk about there was much deliberation yes there was there's much deliberation. I have it on my whiteboard. Oh wow! She she is that much of a of a professional that she whiteboarded it, as opposed to everything that I write down, which is on Chipotle receipts. I also took notes. Okay. Oh my god! Amazing. We love it. Top tier guest already. Already. So we went back and forth with some suggestions, and then she texted me out of. We're going to talk about two movies today. But I, but she texted me this first movie, and it was like, but I'm sorry. Uh, she was like, "Let me do some thinking," and I was like, "Okay, do your thinking." And this <laughs> movie she texted is called "What Dreams May Come." Yes. Yep. For some reason, I always think that I'm gonna fuck that title up. Um, That's right. Why did you pick this movie? Because it's insane. <laughs> 
Wait, do oh yeah. Uh, well, ooh. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. <laughs> I just want to say we're not doing great. We, we we always when we invite people to come on the podcast, we no, also no, like no, no, we, no. we tell them like, hey, no pressure, just like no ideas are bad ideas. So we're, we we just want to let all future guests know that that you're you're. Uh, oh, your I wasn't saying are, that as a. I wasn't saying that as a. a I went in blind. I was like, this is a good kind of like insanity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why did I pick it? Yeah, why did you pick it? Um it's an incredible movie. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> I I did you're right. I did have um quite quite the process of as I look at my whiteboard. <laughs> um <laughs> uh it was really hard for me to think of a a movie when you asked you you asked me if uh pick an album or a movie that I can talk passionately about. Mm-hmm. Um, the the album was easy to think of, but for mm-hmm. the movie, I was just stuck on it, and I feel like it wasn't everything that I was throwing onto the whiteboard wasn't satisfying enough for me. And I'm like, sure. why? Like, why do I feel that way? Um, I know that Pat, you and I talked about how um, in the past couple years, I feel like I've been more um, involved with television. Mm-hmm. Like I've been watching a lot more television than I have movies, and there are so many TV shows that um, I feel like have impacted me. That kind of like created like a blind spot, so I couldn't think about what movies have affected me, um, sure. or that I could speak about passionately. And then on Sat, I think I texted you Saturday. Yeah, and it's because you know I had kind of a day. And later when I got back to my place, um, I was with my partner and I was thinking like, in my head, I'm thinking like, I just, you know what? I just need to let it all out. I need to have a good cry. So I was like, Everardo, like, let's put like, I know you've never seen this movie and it's one of my favorites. Let's just put on what dreams may come. And I know it's going to wreck me in all the good ways. And then I can just kind of let go of my day. And then as soon as I like was, you know, thinking that I'm like, I have to text Pat. Like I have to tell him like, here's the movie because I've seen it so many times. The first Mm. time being was when I was younger and it's, it's just one of those movies that I can, I can watch time and time again. Mm. Um, depending on on the mood or the circumstance, but we love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't go. I went in totally blind. I just went in with a little bit of wik- Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I've never pronounced it like that, Wikipedia, <laughs> but it's Wikipedia. Um, and I don't know. I I this is a super. You're right. It is a really emotional movie. I never heard of it before, which is weird because like I liked all the cast. Mm-hmm. Are you a Sopranos fan, Bea? I know John. Has, I am. He, yes. Okay, so like you know, the movie starts and you see like Gloria Trillo, who is like so ingrained in my psyche. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I lo- I loved her so much on the show, um, and I I was just like. You know, it's funny. I was thinking a lot about, I've been thinking a lot about death lately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've been thinking a lot about like distractions and what I do in my own life to just keep me from like being 
here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like halfway through watching this movie, I just like I I just like really started started to cry like very hard. Wow. Because I don't know. It's just really hard to be here. Mm-hmm. Like with your own thoughts and and everything. I uh I was I was in West Virginia yesterday. I'm scouting for a film. <laughs> Listen to Flex. It was. Um, and uh, I was talking so that we're, we're like in the mountains and we were, there was like this like this couple that was taking us around and they were like, oh, we really want to move to the city. And then the three of my friends and I, well, let's call them the crew, <laughs> cinematographer. Mulhari Media. <laughs> Shout out. We're like, we just want to move to the mountains. That's all we want to fucking do. And I was thinking, I was like, no one can be here. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. is like over there. No right. one can be here. No one, yeah, can be in their moment. It's always, yeah. The grass is always greener on the, the other side. The grass is always greener. But and that's what this... Yeah, I think it's interesting what you said is like the things that I have to tell myself because that was something that I was like really... Um, I guess like meditating on a couple months ago where it's like, I think that all of us in life, it's kind of like, what are, what are the little lies that you have to tell yourself to, to get through the the Mm. day? And it it might not be Mm. as apparent as that, as like lies, but when you, Mm. when you really break it down, it's like, we do a sense. Sometimes we do have to tell ourselves certain things or frame things in a certain kind of perspective to be able to just go about our days. Like if Mm, you think about the news and everything that is going on in the world, it's like at a certain point you do have to shut that off and not think about it. And that to me is like a little lie you tell yourself because if you're so consumed with all of the world's problems and you're so aware of them and you take on all of these, I guess, um, issues all at once, it's almost like you're debilitated and paralyzed and you can't do anything because it's like, then what the fuck, like, what's the point? Like, if I can't, if I can't help and fix all of these problems, then, you know, what's the point? But it's, that's like such a, I don't know, uh, yeah, a debilitating, debilitating way of thinking of, of life and problems because it's like you do kind of have to, in order to succeed or in order to be helpful to, to a cause, you kind of do have to shut out what you know is true, hmm. what you know is happening in the world, but you have to kind of shut all of that out and have horse blinders so that you can, you can be um, like productive in one area. Yeah. Hmm. And be fully present. Yes. Drink. Yes. Drink. Because we didn't give the summary of this movie before we started talking. <laughs> I was literally oh, so just drink? thinking about so it. So everyone listening was, has to take a drink? <laughs> yeah, because we always do this. We always talk about the themes and uh-huh. the craft of the movie before we give the listeners any context as to Ooh. what the plot is. Yeah. So what would you say, Bea, the... What's the premise of this movie? The premise of this movie. Uh, the premise would be like in a log line in one sentence or? Like, I'll give you three. Well, okay. Yeah. So um, suffering and loss 
for sure. It's about a man who, a man, a, a wife and husband who lose their children, and then mm-hmm. the the husband loses his life, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then um, he is kind of. He, he trapped on earth because he doesn't realize that he's dead. Um, and doesn't really understand that. But the more he tries to communicate with his wife, the more suffering she experiences. So I feel like that's good because then like, you can't tell the whole movie cause then that can't be a premise. Right. Mm. That's just, that's just yeah. cliff notes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But he so essentially like he he like inhabits heaven, like a sort of heaven like I don't right. is, I don't know if it's ever actually established as heaven, but some sort of afterlife, like idyllic afterlife. Yeah. So um, then as soon as he like removes himself from trying to make contact with his wife, he does I think he does go into that heaven which is um since his wife is an artist, it's he's his heaven is one of her paintings. And particularly mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a it's a scene or it's a like um a scene from one of her paintings where they always intended to retire. Right. And that's right. his heaven that he's he's in. And the the man is played by Robert Robert, Sir, yeah, Sir Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Right. And the his kind of like uh guide in heaven is played by Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. Um and there are other other people uh sprinkled throughout the movie as well but those are the two kind of the two main people. So yeah, I mean it's a it's a, a lot of people will know it as like a one of many Robin Williams films uh that they saw um in their childhood from the from the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um yes, Pat is absolutely right. It's 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 a really wild movie. I I knew what to expect because this movie I remember seeing this movie. It was in my my aunt and uncle's, um, like they're they're like uh, they had one of those large DVD cases where uh, or VHS and DVD cases where like you fold it out and there are like three there are like three sections, uh, and this was always one of one of them that I would just like I would just spend all this time like looking at the movies rather than actually watching any of them and just like looking at the back of them and I I have a very distinct memory of. I can't remember if it was a VHS or a DVD, but I remember like the cover of it and the back of it, and I remember like looking at it and being like, "Is Cuba Gooding Jr. naked in this movie?" Because <laughs> um, it seemed like he was, um, and I like I saw like the the you know the, the description on the back and all that kind of stuff, but I never actually seen it. But I, I kind of knew what to expect. I knew it did involve like Robin Williams inhabiting like a heaven uh, space and potentially navigating his way to like a hell type space of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it, it always seemed very strange to me, like, especially as I grew older and just thought of it as like one of his movies that, you know, one of the movies he was in, especially after he died. I was like looking back at his, at his filmography and I was like, this is a weird movie for him to be in. Um, yeah. It seems like kind of a yeah. wild movie. Right. Because his uh, his wife in the movie commits suicide because of all the loss just surrounding her life. And um, right. then Robin Williams character um, discovers that people who die from suicide end up in a hell but not because right. of a not because of a judgment placed on the way that their life ended but more so because those people get trapped in a sort of um world like a negative world based on yeah. like what they were feeling prior to that 
So yeah, right. so it's not like a judgment that comes from like a higher power that says it's wrong and this is why you're in hell, but it's almost like their 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 own thought process and mental state which puts them into this this world. Yeah. Um, and then he goes and travels to hell to bring her out of it. Right. It's it's a wild movie for another reason that just like it I just can't picture it being made today uh, yeah like i yeah. can't picture it being like made and marketed as like a major movie that like i don't it's just like it's a weird like it's a fan it's a kind of there's some drama elements to it but fantasy elements to it it's like pretty high concept in some aspects are you, are you familiar with the the greek mythology story with hades i am and, okay yeah 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 so yeah yeah I think that it has some um, allusions to that as well. Yeah. So that's something like I, I originally first saw the movie when I was younger, but then in college. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> in college, my freshman year, um, I took a course. Was on, this for a neuroscience Greek... assignment? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I took a Greek mythology class in my freshman year. And oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. We learned the story of like Hades and orpheus and mm-hmm. uh eurydice. eurydice yes yes and so then don't look back right not that they had that element of it but it's it's in a, in a way because when robin williams character the character's name is chris he goes to the hell to save his um wife if he stays there for too long there is a chance that he is then stuck in that hell forever um, mm-hmm. And so his guide who took him there warned him that no person has ever been able to successfully retreat from hell trying to do the thing that he is setting out to do. Um, right. So I feel like that's kind of like the the parallel of the looking back. Totally. Um, so I guess to your question, I know Pat and I, we were talking about um, in terms of like helping me try to pick a movie. Um, Pat, you mentioned... Like, when is the first time that you saw the movie? And then has mm. it held up, like, with mm. time? Um, has it aged well? Has it aged poorly? I think that the older that I got, especially after taking the Greek mythology class, it was, like, another element of discovery when I rewatched the movie to see that sort of parallel to other things that I wasn't aware of when I was a kid. Right. The movie also looks really beautiful. It looks like Lord yeah. of the Rings, yeah. Yeah. It does, yeah. Uh, it won it won an Oscar uh, for its visual effects, I, I believe, or art direction. Maybe it was it was nominated for one and it won the other. Well, they they still look pretty fire. I can't lie. Like, yeah, you know, some of the stuff some of that stuff ages really poorly, but yeah. I still bought. Every, I thought it was really scary too, especially yeah. the stuff in Hell was still very frightening. Mm-hmm. Like all the faces and the the everyone is like. What is it? The bodies in the water? That was shit was so fucking scary. Yeah, super yeah. scary. But on a positive note, I feel like when he's in the painting of of heaven and like he's he's walking through it and it's all these beautiful colors, but then like it's mm-hmm. oil, it's oil paint. So every time he steps, it like yeah, it rubs up. off. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that it's just it as a kid that always seems so fun. Like I just wanted to play in a bunch of paint. <laughs> yeah. It's very immersive. Do you do you guys think about the afterlife? Yeah, all the Is time. It a, a too big of a can of worms. Um, no, it's not too big a can of worms. Uh, I mean, I have to, right? Like, I was raised a conservative evangelical, sure. so it's like very much 
burnt into my my brain whether i whether i want it to be or not mm-hmm. uh so yeah you can't you can't not you can't not when like you spent the first like 20 years of your life actually believing that heaven and hell are real places and that mm. hell is being advertised as like the you know the most painful thing you've ever experienced but multiplied by a hundred and then that's multiplied by a thousand and that's multiplied by a million um mm. You can't not think of that as like somewhere that if it exists, you really don't want to go. Um, so it's easier to just like say that it doesn't exist. But then there's always that thing in the back of your mind that says that it might exist. Yeah. Hmm. But then also thinking about the possibility of there being nothing, which also is terrifying in its own right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. I guess the win is believing that there's a heaven and then doing whatever it takes in order to get to that place. But the problem becomes what 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 do you do when what you're told you know what you're told to do in order to get to that place are things that you don't want to do or you find to be you know at odds with your own moral mm-hmm. compass so mm-hmm. that's the whole rub of of being from that world pat how are so you the answer is raised? yes <laughs> yeah how was I raised? Like, were you raised by raised, wolves? <laughs> were you raised? He with wishes a, with a religious like. No, no, none, hmm. none. Um, yeah, I, I, we, I was, uh, I was read the Bible as a child, but purely just as like a, you know, you read before bedtime. It was just an extra mm-hmm. thick mm-hmm. book of stories. I actually mm-hmm. remember the the illustrations very vivid. They're actually really vivid in my. My my uh my brain right now um neuroscience um <laughs> and um yeah but I um and I I never really like experimented with religion I mean I think like every fucking like white guy that like smoked weed he's thought about like Taoism and Buddhism and all that other kind of stuff but um I I've, I've only had one experience where I've truly thought about the afterlife and that's was my one and only psychedelic experience. There used mm. to be a drug that was legal in Pennsylvania called salvia. Do you do you know? Do you guys know it? Salvia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Miley Cyrus got I, in trouble because that's she was what I was just about, about to say. Yeah. I was about to say like the only reason I know is because <laughs> when like that video surfaced of Miley Cyrus, she's like, "Oh, it's legal. It's salvia." Yeah. Well, so you're in good company, Pat. I'm in. I'm in really. Yeah, me and Miley. Um, I d- am jealous Love of her, her haircut, though. Um, Why? I get it. I think I'm going to. Um, <laughs> my agent will find out after the fact. Um, oh, well, I also have a hot take on, but okay. Me too. Um, probably for different reasons. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, so when I, when I, I was thinking, I have this very clear vision in my head about this, like, this, like, tower at the end of the world. It's like the beginning of everything and not the beginning of everything. Um, I'm sorry. I was at a religious temple yesterday, and where I was talking about this <laughs> stuff all day, and now I'm, and now I feel like I'm a crazy person. No, not but at all. I mean, let, let, let's just say <laughs> that that the concept of purgatory is very real to me. Okay, yes. like a concept of like, it's not the end, it's not the beginning. There's nothing all around, but there is just a little. There's like enough. And you're just like floating in stasis. 
Sure. That concept is like very vivid to me. Yeah. And frankly, terrifying. Terrifying. I mean, absolutely terrifying. I've, I've yeah. said that um, before in front of um, Catholics. I was raised Catholic. Um, okay. Where I said, I made a comment where I, I believe that purgatory is a lot more frightening to me personally than, mm. than hell. And, and, right. some, and someone said, someone was like kind of just, their mind was blown by that because it's like, but hell is like an internal damnation, which is like the mm. worst thing that you could ever be in where like purgatory is some sort of, you know, um, holding state that is nowhere near as scary as like the like the fire and the eternal damnation of hell but for me yeah, you can I at think, least do something with the fire yeah but it, yeah <laughs> the fire for is me, like active I, yeah i guess for <laughs> me like just logically like there is a sort of definite something to just being in hell <laughs> and if, mm. if that's where you end up right it's like all right the chips fell where they did and this is where my choices have led me and this is where I ended up. But to be stuck, and st- I think just the unknown yeah. of like yeah. what I could, I don't know, that to me. You know what it's like? You ever get stuck in a connect- with a connecting flight and it keeps getting pushed back? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of like wander the airport, right? Yeah, that's like, just you, like, awful keep, to me. <laughs> you like keep buying shit at the stupid kiosk. Like you buy like more candy bars and more chips and more magazines. Mm-hmm. For me, it's spending a lot of time in Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> yeah. For John, it's Buffalo Wild Wings. For you know this, what we're describing is what John thinks of Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like a place, and I'm going time. there this weekend. So, <laughs> but then fuck you, me, I guess. Oh my god! But do you know that, like, when you're if if your soul is trapped in purgatory, um, the, the some Catholics believe that it is like on the family or like close loved ones' responsibility to pray for you so that your soul doesn't end in purgatory, end up in purgatory, or stay in purgatory. And have right. you ever have you ever been involved in a group project <laughs> in school or in college? <laughs> this like, podcast. Yeah, right, yeah, but, yeah. Don't don't get us started on group projects. <laughs> but then so then I'm supposed to I'm supposed to put um complete faith into other people to get my soul out of purgatory Mm. no if you've ever been Mm. in a group project you know that like yeah you can't rely on other people so then i'll I'll just just be stuck there forever and that's just more terrifying for me than just my own like (laughs) wasn't back in the day like you could you would just donate to the church and that's how you would get your loved one out of purgatory yeah that's such a good little racket problematic they're so smart (laughs) what's your thing about agents and hair (laughs) no i i feel like i spent a lot of uh the first half of my career afraid to do certain things because of like agents or like changing my look too drastically and it's like what if i make a change sure. and then my my headshot doesn't reflect that when I walk into the room like I held off on getting a tattoo for so long because I'm like if I book a Disney project and like they might not cast me if I have a tattoo or it's like there's cover up like if you're really right for the role you're gonna get the right. role and yeah. something so yeah. I think that that's just like what I meant is like if you really feel compelled and you want to explore something aesthetically don't don't let the idea of oh this might 
cause problems within my career because I think the more that you stay true to yourself and you're genuine, then that can only lead to positive things in your life. Right. Mm. Where it's like you never want a, a fear or a negative to stop you from doing something. Hmm. It's a good rule of thumb. I did not have that courage when I was starting my career. I mean, like I didn't either. I but you're but also, now I'm like, I mean, I remember just like being so scared because, like, once you get into a room with an agent, so many people have just crashed their cars <laughs> listening to this podcast. Um, you feel like, oh, I need to be so hashtag grateful. I'm here. I can't do anything. I can't say anything. That might like upset the balance. I mean, maybe that's that's my thinking. You know, that's kind of like my like catastrophizing heaven and hell stuck in purgatory mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I think you really should just. There's a very famous play called Hamlet, <laughs> which is the where the title of this movie comes from. Not only that, there's a great, there's a great, um, there's a great quote from Hamlet. I'm really praying that it's Hamlet. <laughs> Above all else, to thine own self be true. Yeah, Polonius says it, I believe. A, a real, a, a real throwaway line in the context of the play, I might add, but one of those yeah. things that really gets a lot of a lot a lot of a lot of spotlight. I think I think that quote was featured on the show Sons of Anarchy, which Ooh. is why I would be familiar with it. Right, right. Um, That's good. So I asked Bea if we could throw in another Robin Williams movie. Cause yeah, because really at this point, we've left no stone of what dreams may come unturned. So Well, we have to, the, should we discuss the ending? Yeah, we can discuss the ending. That he... Yeah, we will. Oh, okay, okay. No, we... Yeah, right now. Oh, we will, right and we'll right do now. it now. It's, it's right now. <laughs> oh, so I'm leading it. No, but so then he finally... I literally feel like I've never done a podcast before today. <laughs> I don't know. Is it me? Today Is it been, because I'm today, a bad guest today, that I'm making you today feel has that been, way? No, it's because you're a good guest. <laughs> no, because you, you have interesting things guest. to say about a lot of things. So this t- is like... Uh, this is t- Today has been so weird. I need to be present right now. Today has been yes. so weird. I've just been like in this weird stasis all day i have like so much shit to do people are coming we're shooting something this weekend oh me me Me, some college friends are coming are coming to stay at my parents house it was just funny i was like are you in a hostage you were just like there's people like i'm here people are coming for me i'm on the run and i just i i feel so bad i'm like the worst host ever i mean i'm bad Always. No, you're great, I'm Pat. terrible today. Pat? No, Pat. you're great. My transitions have sucked dick. Pat, I need, um, you, I need you no, to that's say... Cause I, that's because I'm stomping on your... That's because I'm, I'm stomping on them. I'm, 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 being, I'm being a little much. Here's it's, what it's I... These, it's, these, uh, it's these sour beers that I'm drinking. I think that's, there's, there's sugar in these. There's got to be sugar in these, and that's just just making me a little, a little much at the moment. Pat, Ooh, Pat I, need you, I yeah. need you to say three good things about yourself now. I always say that if you say something negative about yourself, you have to like balance it out by saying two good things about yourself. But you said a lot of a lot of negative oh things, that so you're gonna exhausting. do three. You're gonna exhausting. do three. I'm a loyal friend. Yes. 
Okay, that's a good one. I am passionate about what I believe in. And I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm. There you go. Those three okay, now lovely. our listeners have crashed their cars. <laughs> <laughs> and he just dabbed. <laughs> For the audience at home, he's just dabbed. See, that was um, lovely. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. We should we should normalize that. We should normalize that for the for for the pod. Um, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the ending, and then let's let's get it let's get into the 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 real. Uh, well, it's not the meat meat and potatoes because I don't think we'll have that much time to talk about it. But for me, for obvious reasons, which Bea will learn soon, Ooh. is the meat and potatoes of this podcast. But yeah, the ending of this. Go, Bea. The floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Um, so Robin Williams' character. Um, goes to hell and finds his wife and um, they there's a moment where basically like both of them like he's extended all of that time to where the point he is kind of trapped in that hell now um, but he says something that reminds his wife of when they were when they were alive um, and so she's able to transcend that that negative world that she created for herself and um she transitions to heaven um but then she sees like her husband trapped in this hell and basically takes him and um they both go to heaven together and then they they reincarnate themselves as little kids who meet on mm. this like beautiful like mountain which is kind of where they they originally met in life so that they were able to live life again together yeah which again is like beautiful in its own way but also is just so wild like the storyboarding yeah. process of this movie i just i would pay i would have paid to have been in the, just in be in, the in that room yes, and. for real yeah. for real yeah like, but like all right also, so here's what happens next and then also the children that died are going to be played by these like these guides <laughs> yeah right 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 little dicey <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna lean into it, fucking lean into it. Look, you cried, Pat. Okay, so what is a movie supposed to do? It's supposed to be emotive, the, and you you got some emotion out of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say in this portion of my life, though, it it doesn't take much. But yes, yes <laughs> right, yes. Um, did you get uh, so this? The meat is, I mean, potatoes. I'm, oh, I was just gonna say really quickly. Werner Herzog is in this movie too. Yeah, he's one First of the of one of the faces of the damned. Yeah. One of my favorite people of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you guys know how he's, like, do you guys know that he... No, I mean, and no one cares. Mean... <laughs> <laughs> Good hey, now hunting. you see where this comes from. <laughs> you see where this comes from. <laughs> you think this is all from, from Pat's, like, his, his, his internal <laughs> psyche, but it's really all, I'm the one who's pulling the levers here quietly yeah as a now. neuroscientist what do you think about this dynamic well um, uh first of all my venmo is <laughs> yeah i was gonna say is and and uh no take free UPMC? labor um yes um except podcasting um, yes well this is different because yeah, i is... i was equally as excited i feel like you know that's like a that's a trade barter yeah yeah but for that's my true. you know psychology aspect of it <laughs> Yeah, that's you. Hey. You got a degree for that, so that's yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's very different. That's very different. Look at Pat. Um, 
Pet's double fisting, right? He's not even double fisting. He's taking two drinks, drinks of two things at the same time. Is that spin, spin drift? Spin drift? It's spin drift, yeah. It's, <laughs> spin the, drift. it's, the, it's the Scandinavian equivalent so, of spin drift. Okay, Goodwill Hunting. Oh my god. Yeah, speaking no. of speaking of going to hell, Pat, you also took my bit. You took my transition. You you stole my segue. But speaking of going to hell, um the movie that we're going to talk about in this segment features a scene that uh I think is the is the epitome of hell for Pat. And this scene involves Ben Affleck in the beginning of the movie. He goes to a bar and he gets rejected by a woman. She implies that he has a small dick. And this is this is hell for Pat for two reasons. Number one, it's a woman rejecting him. And number two, <laughs> it takes place in Boston. Two things I can't imagine. He cannot imagine. Truly could not be Pat. It might be Pat, but he'd much rather that it were not Pat. Um, yes, we are also discussing another Robin Williams movie. 19, 1997, uh, Gus Van Zandt. Uh, directed film goodwill hunting Ooh, you may have the... heard about you may have heard about it yeah so obviously i love this movie for a lot of different reasons but one of which is that it takes place in boston and i am not from boston i'm not going to be one of those people who's like i grew up outside boston but i grew up in new hampshire and boston <laughs> is like the 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 what are we looking for the zion the mount olympus of new england and uh, <laughs> I just have I have I have deep deep attachments to it for that reason. And I know how much Pat hates Boston and and is loath to enjoy anything that comes from Boston or is based around Boston. Um, so I got an extra sense of glee of mm. watching this movie and seeing all of the Bo- or hearing all the Boston accents, seeing the Duncans, hearing the references to the Red Line, uh, the the references to the Patriots and the Red Sox. Um, what more could you ask for as me, obviously? Yes. You wicked smart, John. <laughs> wicked smart. That wasn't yeah. bad. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that yeah was you good. started I, off that way. Yeah, that was a little, that was again, a little, a little, a little taste of what was to come. Yeah, yeah. One which, of those aforementioned foreshadowings, which Pat now uh, knows, knows the definition means. of. Um, yeah, so, so Pat, why don't you talk to us about how we arrived at this and, and maybe set the scene a little bit. How we arrived at Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's okay. I'm going to save that point for later because I, I, I'm working on my podcasting. And if I say that point now, it will derail what you originally asked me for. Okay. Um, Excellent. I appreciate your restraint. So, so these two movies, I think, are really great examples of the Robin Williams with a capital D for drama. Yeah. You know, and it's a, a side to him that. You know, he was, I think, even more effective in these sort of dramatic parts totally. than he was as a a comedian. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we just thought Goodwill Hunting would be like the perfect little companion piece to this. Well, it's, it's so interesting because, well, we'll and we'll get to the uh, plot in a second, but it's so interesting because in a lot of ways, like with... What Dreams May Come being so much about the main character who's played by Robin Williams, his experiences with loss and suffering, um, you know, it, with that being what the movie is about, it kind of lays the ground for some, in some ways, even though it came directly after Goodwill Hunting, but it, it's, you know, with Goodwill Hunting, we 
see Robin Williams playing a secondary character who has experienced loss and has seemed seems to have like come to terms with it so it kind of feels like it's like well after like the events to some degree of what dreams may come that that's kind of what I was feeling like while I was watching what dreams may come because I watched it after um goodwill hunting um but with all that being said goodwill hunting is about a 20 year old um Bostonian played by Matt Damon who is a genius, but has also been through the foster system and spends most of his time just like hanging out with his rough and tumble fellow Southie um, Boston buddies and getting in trouble with getting in fights with people from other neighborhoods and chasing girls and throwing around the R word in Boston accents. Um, And he gets arrested and he is released but the only he's released because a MIT professor who has caught on to the fact that he's a genius because he's a janitor at the at the school um he like strikes a deal with the judge that he will take him under his wing and he'll like teach he'll like meet with him every single week and go over like math problems and stuff like that and also he has to meet with a therapist and after a couple different rounds of therapists who go toe-to-toe with Matt Damon and fail, um, he arrives in the office of Robin Williams, and he kind of meets his match with him. So, that's what the movie is that about. That was a really good summary. Thanks. What about the, the girl? Oh, yes. And uh, while well, well, Matt Damon is also <laughs> the girl. What about the girl? <laughs> Ma- what about the girl? She's Matt like Damon the, is also... Oh favorite scenes in the movie yeah matt damon is also while this is happening he meets uh a a woman a harvard student played by minnie driver um and adam driver's mother adam driver's mother yeah that's canon (laughs) um uh and yeah and they they are they are going through a romance as well and she talks like this yeah she has a british (laughs) accent um yeah, Minnie Driver is incredible in this movie. Yeah. She's like, amazing. She's, she's awesome. so she's so yeah. She's great. Dream girl. Have, John, have you ever done her joke like with the water? What about us? Yeah, no. Give us a kiss. That's, that's no, I haven't, but I should. That's that's an incredible joke. Why didn't you do that at youth group when you were growing <laughs> up? As an evangelical, because <laughs> I wouldn't have been invited back. Because <laughs> I was too busy learning about how bad the Catholics are. We didn't have time. I didn't have time to get in a word edgewise. Yeah. Shots fired. There was no time for jokes. You don't know the half of it. (laughs) Pope Francis, you could come on the pod and respond to him. Yeah. I will take your side. You know, I just recently played a nun. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we can gloss over that. It's fine. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, I, I. She's on a show, John. What, what, what is the show called? On the show, you play a nun on the show. I just filmed a pilot. Uh, yeah, um, I was in oh, Toronto. I, I guess I, I knew that, but I didn't know that you were playing a nun on it. Oh yeah, a nun. Wow. Yeah. Well, she has yet to take her vows, but. Oh, she's a young nun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. She's like the devil on your shoulder type of person that sure. wants to kind of go in and change the the infrastructure of how the church works and instead of taking money to fix the church she wants to take it and use it for like programs that actually help the community so it's kind of cool so and how does that go tune in and find out and and tune in and find out 
TBD time and day. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll edit it in. We'll edit it in. Don't cool, worry. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, so this, I mean, this movie is obviously, like, incredibly famous, like, for a, a million different reasons, but it's, like, one of Robin Williams's like, you know, uh, biggest roles. It's what he ended up winning an Oscar for. Um, and, yeah, and the movie also, like, won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay is kind of, like, is seen as, like, a, you know, a real, like, achievement as it pertains to, like, screenwriting with Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon having, uh, having written it. Um, which can I, I'm just going to read a little bit of, from uh, a book that I actually gifted to Pat for his birthday last year. Um, but it turned out that he al- actually already had the book. Um, but now he has two copies of it. Um, but I was The book doing is called bit... the Kama Sutra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, the book is called uh, Down and Dirty Pictures. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, that, that's very true. Um, but it's called Down and Dirty Pictures, um, and it's just all about uh, Miramax, Sundance, and the rise of independent film. Um, and I found this little description about... Oh, God. One second. I just lost my place. I found this little description about uh, just, like, the dynamic of um, Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon. Uh, so it says... Uh, uh, this is some some executive or something like that t- talking about it um ben is far more business savvy than matt maddie's more about the arts the performance he's a true actor ben is more of a movie star and thinks like a movie star and he definitely thinks about his paycheck if you check maddie on the right day it's i fucking hate merrimax too if you catch anybody on a bad day then they'll take they'll talk shit about harvey harvey weinstein obviously mm-hmm. uh because they're shit to talk it's not like they're creating fiction, but I've never met anyone who breathes the kind of allegiance that he does. It's a real love-hate affair you have with the Weinsteins. So Ben to this day is smarting over the fact that he didn't kick that the, that they didn't kick them more cash on Goodwill Hunting and that he had to hold our movie hostage, that he had to get down to what he feels is their level and threaten them. So Pat, with that being said, between the two of us, Ooh. who's Ben Affleck and who's Matt Damon? Can I take a guess? Please. Yeah. 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 Actually, we'd yeah. Rather I have a guess. I have a guess, but yeah. I'm going to say that John is Ben Affleck and Pat is is Matt Damon. Oh. Interesting. That is interesting. I was not going to say that really? at all. Okay. I was going to say that I was I was Ben due to his antics and John is Matt Damon. Matt Damon's more sensitive. Yeah. Little That's more intro- more introverted and, and Ben's kind of Ben's built different. He seems very like audacious. Like he just seems like he's yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. like go to them and like, you know, kind of like the scene in Goodwill Hunting when he's like talking when like Matt Damon like sends him to like go talk to the people that he's interviewing with mm. and he like is just like busting their balls and like asking them for more money and is just like dicking around with them. Um I feel like that's kind of in some ways like that encapsulates the dynamic to some degree, but I don't know. I'd have to do more digging on it because this, this quote also, it doesn't, it kind of sort of makes sense to me, but it's also a little all over the place, but that's, that's my sense of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, all that's to say um, the, the, yeah, the process of writing the movie seems like it was like just really, really fascinating. It's just like really interesting to see like, a, a, it's interesting to picture like a young Matt Damon and a young Ben Affleck, just like, I don't know, writing this movie and not knowing what it's going to become and obviously what like either of their careers are going to become. Yeah. 
It's really cool to see, like, from the perspective that we have now, like, with hindsight. Well, especially because everyone now is, like, writing their own show, writing their own movie as their own kind of star vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, it was kind of like a novelty back then. But now, I think, because everything is so fucking competitive um, and people are, people are, like, seeing the success of people who just, like, write their own shit and kind of create their own like opportunities yeah i mean you know it's like kind of trailblazing yeah yeah i think it's harder now though like we get in our own we get in our own way because that there there is so much content and people can create so much so i think that like personally i I think like whenever i am creating something it's almost like i get too precious about it or i used to and now it's yeah. like if if you do that because there is such like a like saturation of content in the way that we consume content is like just with scrolling right so it's just like mm. the attention span it's like you you see one thing but then you just scroll and you're on to the next one if you become yeah. too perfect about what you're creating and you're just never going to create anything and it's almost yeah. like you need to rip that bandit off and just create what you want to create because the first thing that you make it like it's not going to be perfect. Like you're going to, you have to allow yourself growth. Like, yeah, it's going to continually get better and you're going to learn, but like we can't like hold this high standard of like this one thing needs to like be at the level of this other person where it's like, that's not where they started. Why are we comparing like our Mm. first baby type of thing to their success? Mm. I also think we're just so used to seeing people as complete versions of like themselves or their art, like thanks to social media. Yeah. Like when you look at someone's Instagram and you see like their perfectly uh, curated life when, I mean, the thing about art is that it's like, it's just like too messy when you make it, whatever you make, it's like always too messy and that you're like, Oh, why isn't it like, why is it not firing on all cylinders? Why do I not seem like a complete, yeah. like I have a complete vision? It's because this shit takes fucking time. Yeah. Right. So it's amazing that like a screenplay like this, which is pretty like, you yeah. know, it's like really, really beautiful. And like is not, it's like it, it really toes the line also between like saccharine and right. cynical. Yeah. Because um, like it is inspiring. But it's not like inspiring with kind of like in a patronizing way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it definitely does toe that line. And I was like, while I was rewatching it, I was definitely looking at, it, looking at it through that particular like lens as something that like was kind of like, you know, like revolutionary at the time or was kind of like something that embodied like a new, you know, it was like a Miramax film. It was kind of like part of like this, I don't know, this like whole, um, yeah, like, I mean, Gus Van Sant, like, has obviously made, like, more experimental stuff prior to this, and this was, like, a little more commercial than what he had done, but it was still made on, like, not a particularly large budget, and then, like, went on to, like, make a ton of money, and was written by, like, these two, like, actors who weren't particularly big, so it was kind of, like, a little bit of an underdog, Um, but obviously it's become so, like, canonized at this point as, like, you know, like, a really great film, and is, like, a movie that you know, is studied a lot and is seen as like a modern classic to some degree. So it was just interesting to see like to what degree it was kind of also, you know, like embodied 
some kind of like more like scrappy underdog tendencies at the time, but also is kind of, you know, has some more like schmaltzy saccharin elements to it, but it, it never fully goes into that world. John, I used saccharin. <laughs> yeah. You need a different adjective. <laughs> I said schmaltzy as well. Oh, okay. If I was okay. yes anding your adjective use. Okay. Yeah, he's just yeah. supporting you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I know, but I get insecure when he when he takes my big vocabulary words because I steal his all the time. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I no, don't no, want this, it to you, be like you, a... you should see this as an affirmation that you use the right word. Yes, yeah. and yes, yes, and exactly. Um, yeah, what was our experience in rewatching it for for the 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 episode? I I I didn't ask when we all saw it for the first time, but I assume we had all seen this movie prior to this episode. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched it when I was like a kid, younger, mm-hmm. and then I actually um, did one of the scenes for an acting class. <gasps> uh, like Which in one? 2014. Um, were you, you were a mini driver, I yeah, assume? Yeah, yeah. When they're like Hell in the yeah. bedroom and, you know, oh, the, she's like, she was telling him off. to say, I love you. Classic. Yeah. I've seen that one in other acting classes that I've so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it was I like bet you killed it. For us. I think I did. I bet you killed it. I will did you say do a British this, accent? I, no. I will say this. It's like that um, because like the acting class was like on a stage. And so we used this prop door that's just basically a door frame that was at the end of the stage. And yeah. when when the door like was slammed or I slammed it, the door frame fell over like <laughs> into like the, the audience Truly classic. part. Yeah. Um, but I held character. So of course you did because you're a professional. You yeah. But also at the same time, I'm like looking back at that and I'm because now in auditions, but I also do think like theater and and, and TV and film are a little bit different in terms of the auditioning process or while in the scene. Yeah. Um, I now when I do self tapes, I it's almost like if if something happens, I'm going or even while we're filming on on a set, if it happens, I don't pretend that it's not there. I almost yeah. just try to introduce it because it's it almost takes you out of it, especially if they use that take when you like when you're watching it as an audience member. It's kind of like there was this big loud sound and no, nobody called attention to it. So I try to <laughs> now I try to actually Use acknowledge it. it. Where it's oh, like I think nice. with like with stage, it's a little bit it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I just kept going as if like you know that was yeah part of the scene, and I just was so angry that I didn't even want to care <laughs> about the door. But right, right, right. I think right. sometimes it is a disservice when something happens and everyone's like, "Why is nobody saying anything about that?" <laughs> yeah. So maybe that wasn't a good thing I did in 2014. <laughs> it was. I mean, clearly it was. It was. It was right enough. You're here now. And by here now, I mean on this podcast. <laughs> um, Pat, you you were going to say something. I was I was trying to think about using stuff in the room or using an audition, but uh, typically self tapes they just descend into me speaking in tongues and just going another take, please, another yeah. take, another take, and then the person pressing record on the iPhone is like. Why I've did I there. agree to do this? I don't even uh, want. I don't even want the coffee that he promised. I don't right. even oh want God. the Chipotle that but he then, promised. Uh, so I want to ask you: When you do watch those self tapes back, do you see any yeah. difference from like oh, yeah. the additional takes that you wanted? Because sometimes I feel like well, people are like, "Give me another one. Give me another one," and then you watch them and you're like, "It's all the same." No, <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to ascribe to this method, which 
is called 70-30. Ah, yes. I've told John about this. She's like, well. oh, yes, I am very yeah. familiar. 70-30 <laughs> um, is you do 70% of a good job. For pick a task, except for maybe heart surgery. <laughs> okay, yes. You, you do. You do. Well, you almost went to medical school, so I wanted to sort of no, yeah, widen no, the I, I yeah. scope. So, for example, you do a self tape, right? And you're doing it, and you're doing it, and you're doing it, and you watch it, and you're like, okay, yeah. You turn it in just at that point. The idea being that extra thirty percent. You're just going to drive yourself crazy and you're not going to move on with your day. I like that. Right. So especially for me, it's like I'm trying to make these shorter and shorter sort of like, well, I call it micro cinema, but others might call them TikToks without being on TikTok. (laughs) Um, And I just have to remind everyone on the crew and especially during the edit, it's like 70-30. Right. Like, does it hit all the points? Yeah. Because we could spend seven hours, like, fucking around with sound cues. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do that. Right. Because that's not the name of the game anymore. The name of the game is just, like, a wall of just stuff that you push out on people. Right. You know? That's a really good method. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really helpful. I mean, I mean, I haven't, you know, I, yeah, yeah. This is the part of the podcast where he uh, signals to his therapist who is listening intently that he's taking some of his advice. Aww. Yeah, do you guys want to see him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath the table, just whispering maybe, him the entire time. Uh, okay, my mind went elsewhere. I was like, is no, your no, therapist that... your penis? Or what? Like, oh. <laughs> well, some might say. <laughs> you know. Some might say. Um Fun fact about this movie, and by a fun fact, I think this is like pretty well documented. But um, it's only the most famous independent movie of ben all time. Alf- but ben yeah. Affleck is in it. Fun fact. Yeah, Ben Affleck <laughs> is in it, and he wrote the movie too. Um, uh, no, but the the scene where Robin Williams's character is talking about uh, his wife oh. and his wife, his wife's. Well, there are several, but the, specifically the scene where he's talking about his wife's farts and how she would fart a ton, like in her sleep, and one time, like she woke. She she woke him up and the dog up and mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, that was fully improvised and fully ad libbed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And Matt Damon like laughing hysterically in like the in the scene is like very much him laughing like authentically, um, uh, while they were filming as well. And apparently like the cameramen and like the producers were all laughing as well. Like off. I love that off screen. And yeah. that was the last time anyone laughed on a film set. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, I love yeah, stories like just, that. Yeah. Well, and that's it's just like that's a very like Robin Williams esque story because he was like so famous for like ad libbing because he just had like that incredible mind that just like a mile a minute he could just like just yeah. turn it on and would just say yeah. like the most insane hilarious things yeah i i do have to say his death does put an interesting spin on both of these movies Mm -hmm. more so the first i think because it is about the afterlife Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah it yeah 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 um i don't know it's 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 like really tough watch to especially for the way his life ended right i think it was really interesting i think um, I'm not. Sh- I'm so sorry. I for- I'm not sure if John said it or Pat said it, but um, how 
that you think his strength was in more of the dr- dramatic roles than uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think a lot of the time, like, uh, people that are good comedians, it's because they have that, that's their way of kind of like coping with, with the darkness that they, they might possess. Oh, totally. Because totally. I think I think for me, at least, like, I always thought that I was, like, a dramatic actor and that was my strength in, like, drama. Um, right. And I thought that I did not have <laughs> any kind of, like, natural talent in, in comedy or, like, being a comedian. And in the past couple years, I've been more, um, I guess, like, recognized for my comedy. And even, right. like... Uh, when I was in, in set on set last month um, shooting, the director referred to me as a comedian and I was almost like, I, I was kind of taken aback and I was like, I have never had a, like a professional refer to me as a comedian and it was like a really cool moment. Sure. But I think it's because I was just being, I was looking at comedy in a different way, which is my own natural kind of way that I deal with um I guess the negative stuff in life. I have a very dark humor, not necessarily like deprecating by any means, but just I, when anything bad happens, I like to put a positive spin on it and like laugh at it or just like call attention to it. Um, sure. Which has really given me insight because it's like, that's what people, f- at least for me, find most funny because it's most, most authentic. And it really right. gave me a lot to think about, like the people that we do see that are really funny, like we use them as a way to feel better about life and feel a little bit more positive. And it's like, but to what end is it their destruction and their negativity in their life that is allowing us to feel better about ours and not necessarily worry about them anymore? So it's like the the people that seem the most happy or can laugh about things, it's like, you got to check up on those people like yeah more so don't know right what else is going mm. on i'm not like, saying that about that me <laughs> my current state right. but it just gave yeah, me a little bit a of insight no 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 this is not a cry for help it's yeah. just sure it gave me like a yeah, little this bit this is a cry for help for pat and i because we're hosting a podcast well no but. one buys me as a dramatic actor so <laughs> i don't know thankfully i don't have to, to, to think about that um yeah it's the upside of that yeah wow. you know you might as well laugh I think you so. Know, I mean. John and I, we, you might as well laugh. I mean. Yeah. Don't cry because it's over. Laugh because it happened, which isn't the same, but. Look, time is going to happen. Right time and life are going to just keep going like this, regardless of. If Unfortunately. We, if we look at it positively or negatively, it's right. still just going to keep moving. So you might as well just have fucking fun and laugh about it as it's happening. Right. Do you hear that, John? <laughs> fun. And I that actually, was my free I, I think the audio, I think the audio the cut day. out. So I think I did, I think I did miss that. So I don't know. I'm not going to internalize any of that. I didn't hear any of it. Uh, it's not going to change the way that I look at the world at all. But I appreciate it anyway. Um, well, this podcast was fun. Was yeah, fun. This, yeah. Thank you so much. And he's dabbing again. Dabbed. For those who he is dabbing. See. Yeah, he's he is truly back at it again. Bea, where can people find you if they choose to find you? Oh wow, they can uh, find me on Instagram at. Bella, which is B-E-L-L-A, um, Wooly Ortiz. How often one, do people but... bring up Twilight? Uh, actually, not not often. If anything, people oh, okay. just tell me that I look like Emma Stone all the time. Oh. You do look like Emma Stone. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> thank you, thank I can you. I see that. 
Um, is there anything that you want to plug? Any any anything that you're in or have been working on that you want to plug? Anything that people should be keeping their eye out for? Or just check check the gram and you'll you'll stay posted on all updates. Yeah, for as far as my uh, personal life and career, just yeah, check the gram. Definitely want to shout out Tequila Cabal. Let me just show you the bottle. And Please. Oh, oh my god! Empty, oh my look god! Look how beautiful this is. And it was it's full a, at the start of this podcast. A, a, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's, it's a stallion's head. Wow, that is it's, beautiful. Um, it's a really incredible tequila made by, who would who would have thought, a Mexican and ah, a Mexican wow. family. Wow. You know, because a lot of, there's a lot of. Um, yeah, there's a lot of issues in that world. Actually, I read an article about that recently. Yeah. Yeah, so I that, read articles. It's no big deal. <laughs> so, Wait, um, what are we talking about? Oh, tequila. It's like well, an issue with like appropriation. Oh, and like, like don't oh, buy like, oh. celebrity-owned tequila, or especially te- yeah. like because tequila is it can only be called tequila if it's from like Mexico and okay. that goes through a certain process. So okay, I don't know. To me, it just makes sense to buy tequila from Mexicans, sure. a Mexican-owned company. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. The Kendall Jenner. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, I didn't know. Yes, yes. I, I didn't. It's your yes, podcast, yes, yes. so I didn't want to say any names yes. in case of. Well, legal. she hasn't been on yet, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now <laughs> she, she hasn't won't. Responded. But <laughs> yeah, uh, we appreciate that. Um, awesome, uh, Pat. You got anything that you wanna wanna tell the people about? No. Um, Keep your eyes there'll, peeled. There'll on be the, on another the Pat and John commercial coming up. Yeah. And I may or may not be in it. We and, may or may not be and, in it. And we might tease a potential, a potential, I said potential, return. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, return of the silver screen for John LeMay. Oh, and yeah. I, I, but I said, I will toot my own horn. I will be acting in the next one. Yeah. 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 A much yeah. more heralded. Yeah. And uh, it won't be dramatic. Don't worry. Don't worry. Because. <laughs> No one buys me as dramatic roles. I've that been told my whole true. life. It's okay. It's good. No, it's good. It's good. It's it's better for me. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Bea. We thank really you so much. For, no, yeah. thank so you for having me on and, and for just being so lovely and hilarious. And You're such a giving guest. I'm... You're such a giving guest. You had no, such... I, I... You had such lovely um anecdotes throughout this it was truly lovely thank you thank you and i i was happy because i i like talking about this acting stuff even if it's just we do have actors that listen to this show yeah and i really appreciated that stuff because i really felt that you synthesized the chaos of this industry Mm. very well and i think you know i i even people i think who are not performers are not active blah, 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 blah. i think that civilians know, <laughs> civilians we call them peasants normies oh, okay. um yeah. um she said that not me it's um, <laughs> a joke um yeah yeah but i, I think I, there's I, I think there's something to yeah. like in all of that for everyone yeah, yeah no yeah. you both have were really lovely so thank you so much for having me on it's my first podcast hey, hey. hell yeah all right thanks everyone Ciao. Thanks, guys.